0: Back to the formal review today today we'll be having a very special episode now sit back maybe grab a drink and let's talk about this movie what's up everyone i have shed innocent blood Welcome. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, sorry about that. We all go a little mad sometimes. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the formal review. This is season three, episode 31, and I thank you all for tuning in once again. Now, this is the second episode in the October Halloween series where I'm going to be reviewing movies chosen by my followers. I did this because Halloween is one of my favorite holidays, and I love to watch scary movies around this time of year. So if you missed out on the voting, you're going to have to follow me on social media to see which films I'm going to be reviewing. So this review is going to be on Scream. But before we get to this film review, we gotta tackle a few other things. I'm going to discuss a few updates to my movie collection, recap my trailer reactions since the last episode, and then we'll talk about the movie at hand. So stay tuned. Wait here for a little while, see what happens. before I get started on anything I know I talk about this at the end but the data shows that most people skip over that part <laughs> so I do want to reiterate the importance of leaving reviews on your favorite podcast service because those reviews really help me grow and improve a lot of you have talked to me offline but I do really appreciate the reviews that already are out there if everyone could just continue doing that or letting me know any way that you think that I could grow and make this more entertaining feel free and I'll look at them and I'll grow as such. So anyway So the first trailer reaction that I did was on the new Witches movie that I again, like I said on that, didn't really know that it was going to come out. I watched the original one years ago when I was a kid and it scared the crap out of me and frankly this movie aside from some wacky CGI I think has the potential to do that. I think Anne Hathaway especially looks really good. I really didn't expect a voiceover from Chris Rock so that will be quite interesting. And the other trailer reaction that I did was for the 355 movie which has a pretty awesome cast and it really looks like a bi movie that combined with the ocean movies which I think could be really fun it looks cool I mean just go check out the trailer reactions. anyway also since the last episode I definitely just finished rewatching the daredevil series gosh that's such a good show and i also did an episode with big screen breakdown mikey and andre from back to directors and ryan from life of film so go check out the big screen breakdown episode where we talk about our reaction to the spider-verse news So since the last Halloween episode, I only really got one upgrade from a 4K, which was the movie It. Now this is for the 2017 movie. And I think for me, this was one of my favorite horror films that has come out in the past few years. I mean, in the sense of it was one of the most fun. I do have some admiration for the original 1990 miniseries that they came out with Tim Curry. I think Tim Curry is fantastic. I think he's extremely creepy, but I think that there's definitely some issues with it. But otherwise though, the newer version, in short, I really, really enjoyed. It. And just because I haven't done like any episodes on that, I wanted to just go over that quickly. So I was a big fan of the directional style by uh, Andy Muschietti. I've liked him since he did the horror film in 2013, Mama. He has some similarities to Guillermo de Toro with some of his style. And he does some really kind of terrifying visuals while also laughing because I think there's a fine line between comedy and horror. And I think he plays with that very well, at least in the first one. Um, and I think the kids in this movie are pretty fantastic. I think uh, Gar's Guard is Pennywise absolutely horrifying in ways that Tim Curry didn't. I think that some of the characters, you don't get to know them very well. And I think that also goes into the second one. I was extremely let down by that, but I still think that one's decent. So I'll probably eventually, once I find a decent sale, purchase that. But that'll probably come at Black Friday. We'll see about that. I'm not really sure. So this movie is fake 4K. It means it was upscaled from a 2K digital intermediate. You can go check out my other episodes where I kind of go into that a little bit more. The Blu-ray itself does have Dolby Atmos but this was one of those times where I decided it was such a good steal I wanted to upgrade to it. I mean I got it for less than five dollars so that's why it was such a good idea for me just to get it because eventually I want to have as many of the 4k versions of films because frankly they're always going to be just a tad better but again it has to do with pricing. Had this been over ten dollars I would not have purchased it. Even if the movie is fake 4k it still has the most important technical advantage of the um, UHD format, which is the HDR. But now on to the movie at hand. Let's relax, grab your drinks, and let's discuss the movie. So, Scream is a 1996 slasher film directed by Wes Craven and written by Kevin Williamson. The film stars David Arquette, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, Matthew Lillard, Rose McGowan, Skeet Ulrich, and Drew Barrymore. The film combines black comedy and the whodunit mystery with the violence of the slasher genre to satirize the cliches of the horror movie genre popularized in films such as the original Halloween movie, Friday the 13th, and the director's own Nightmare on Elm Street. Now, before I go into the movie, I do want to say that there may be some spoilers but again this movie came out in 1996 so you've had time to see it however I will be talking about some gruesome real-life killings so proceed with caution now this is something I did not know about this movie is that it's actually based on real life's a real-life serial killer the Gainesville Ripper or Danny Rowling Rowling was born in Shreveport Louisiana his father was a Shreveport police officer named James Rowland who told Danny that he was unwanted from birth and abused his mother and brother as a teenager and then as a young adult Rowling was arrested several times for robberies in Georgia. It was caught spying on a woman getting dressed as an adult. He had trouble assimilating into society, and then in May of 1990, he attempted to kill his father during a family argument in which his father lost an eye and an ear. Later that same year, Roland murdered five students, one from Santa Fe College and four from the University of Florida, during a burglary and robbery spree in Gainesville, Florida. Now, I'm not going to go into the full details of the incident as it is pretty gruesome, but he did mutilate his victims' bodies and decapitate. One of them. He then posed with them, as in took a selfie with them. He was then arrested a month later and was charged with several counts of murder, and then four years later he was actually brought to trial. He claimed his motive was to become a quote unquote superstar, similar to Ted Bundy, and interestingly, pled guilty to all charges. Then on April 20th, 1994, Rowling was sentenced to death and was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder and borderline personality disorder and paraphernalia. He was then executed by lethal injection at Florida State Prison on October 25th, 2006. 16 years after killing people. Yeesh. During this time, (laughs) the writer Williamson became concerned about intruders finding an open window in his home where he was staying after hearing about this guy. He then wrote a script about a young woman alone in a house who is taunted over the phone and then attacked by a mass killer. Now, this obviously is very similar to how this movie starts off. It was actually kind of interesting how that worked. That is something that isn't really done so much in the sense of what if you are alone and by yourself? I mean, people do that all the time but no one really kind of thinks what's going to happen and I thought that was kind of interesting and Robert Rodriguez, Danny Boyle, George A. Romero, and Sam Raimi were all considered to direct this movie but none of them were good enough in the writer's eyes. Craven was then made director as Williamson liked his previous work in the genre that also combined horror and comedy and originally this movie was called Scary Movie but it became known as Scream. When it became known as Scream over the previous title it was actually inspired by the Michael Jackson song of the same name featuring his sister Janet Jackson the reason why is that the title scary movie wasn't liked because the movie combined horror and violence with satire and comedy so it didn't really make sense in that aspect and what's really interesting is that the scary movie franchise was derived from this movie and they took that title and essentially they became a more extreme version of what this movie was essentially trying to be Hello, Shorty. What's up? So, both Williamson and Craven immediately disliked this new title of Scream and considered it quote unquote stupid. However, later they came around. <laughs> what this movie definitely does well is that it makes fun of horror cliches, which is the thing that I Absolutely hate about horror films. I do not like that a lot of the characters are beyond stupid. You know that Geico commercial. Let's hide the attic. No, in the basement. <laughs> Why can't we just get in the running car? Are you crazy? The guy behind the chainsaws. These things are precisely why I hate slasher films in general. There's a few that I like that are honestly classics in some aspects because they touch on fears that are real fears. Some films do it definitely better than others, and some, especially the ones that are made in the current age, are not good. This movie has characters that talk about these issues. What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, come on, you know I don't watch it. Why not? Too scared. No. No, it's just, what's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act, who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. So this movie begins with a young woman, played by Drew Barrymore, who happens to be home alone. She then gets a phone call from an unknown person. Instead of hanging up instantly, she decides to continue talking. Hello? Why don't you want to talk to me? Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. (laughs) I don't think so popcorn? Uh huh. I only eat popcorn at the movies. Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Don't oh, some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Um. Halloween. And at this point, I'm thinking, okay, she deserves to die. And then guess what? She does. So later on, another young woman, played by Nev Campbell, is getting close to the anniversary of her mother's murder, she's then attacked, and then the cliché that this movie makes fun of start to play out. There are more phone calls, more attacks, the suspects include the boyfriend, the father, and a lot of other people. I will say a nice touch with the high school principal is the Fonz. (laughs) However, even with all the meta jokes, this is a movie that falls Right in the same place as the movies it makes fun of. I think that this movie still feels really predictable and frankly fairly boring at times. The characters are fairly replaceable don't get me wrong I like the movie and I like the meta jokes and the self-aware characters and honestly this movie is really really violent. One cool shot is when the Fonz finally loses his cool and then is killed. Craven shows the killer in his pupil, which is a pretty menacing shot. I love that. As with a lot of, unfortunately, as with a lot of movies from this time, the movie is pretty dated, especially when they spend time at a makeshift blockbuster. (laughs) Yeah, I miss those stores. I remember going into those places to uh, rent Disney movies as a kid with my parents for a Friday night movie. So when this movie was released, it took in about almost six and a half minutes million dollars in the opening weekend and then overall about 87 million dollars in its initial release. It then spawned four sequels, one of which was supposed to be released this year. And this specific film has a worldwide lifetime gross of a little over 173 million dollars and it remains to this day the most successful of the Scream film series. As of 2013, it is currently the 577th highest grossing movie worldwide and it has remained the highest grossing. film until it was surpassed by the Halloween remake in 2018 when this movie was released it was accused of inspiring a lot of copycat crimes just say copies why do you have to drag cats into this and I actually did not know of a lot of these cases in January 1998 16 year old Mario Padilla and his 14 year old cousin Samuel Ramirez stabbed Mario's mother Gina Castillo 45 times which killed her this case became known as the scream murder and fell under intense media scrutiny after the boys claimed that they were inspired by Scream and Scream 2. The pair confessed to needing money acquired from the murder to fund a killing spree which would include purchasing two Ghostface costumes as well as a voice changer used by the characters in this movie. During this trial, Madeline Levine, who was a psychologist, studied the effect of violence on children and stated, quote, there were a whole bunch of reasons why they acted out that way. But did the movie provide the blueprint? Absolutely. The case was expected to highlight the effect of violent films on teenagers. However, the presiding judge, John Chersky, ordered that evidence pertaining to Scream be barred and the case not be referred to as the Scream murder and refused media access into the courtroom, intending that the case be tried as murder and nothing else. Then, on January 17th, 1999, the 13 year old Ashley Murray was stabbed multiple times in the head and back before being left for dead by. by his friends Daniel Gill who was 14 and Robert Fuller who was 15. He was later found and saved by an elderly man walking his dog. The pair were dubbed the Scream Attackers and it emerged that they had watched Scream shortly before the attack and drawings of the ghost face mask were found among their possessions. Their actions were additionally blamed on physical abuse drugs exposure to black magic in their home life murray who later testified against them stated he believed that the film influenced them to attack him Then, later that same year, on May 4th, 1999, following the Columbine High School massacre, increasing news media did reports on the effects of violence in films, games, and other media on society. And the United States Senate Commerce held a hearing about Hollywood's marketing of films to young people. And specifically, they mostly focused on horror films. The opening scene of Scream featuring the murder of Drew Barrymore's character was actually shown to the committee as an example of negative media which could be viewed by children. Then on June 3rd, 2002, a 17-year-old boy lured his friend Alice Beauperi out of her parents' house in France and stabbed her 42 times while wearing a ghost face mask. He then ran away when he saw a neighbor approaching and the girl told the neighbor his name before she died because of those injuries. After being arrested, the boy told the police that he wanted to kill someone to emulate Ghostface character from Scream. So the big question is, does violence in movies and or TV shows affect those who watch it? Now, there's been a lot of research going back and forth on whether or not these have a lot of effects and each has their own argument, but there has been a lot of research going on and in short, honestly, it's very complicated, but there was a research that was done, published in JAMA Pediatrics that found exposure to violent media increases the likelihood of aggressive behavior, thoughts and feelings, and they also find that media decreases the likelihood of helping behavior, but all of these were fairly modest effects. However, they showed that research has accumulated over the past half century that the exposure to violence on television, movies, and also video games increases the risk of violent behavior on the viewer's part just as growing up in an environment filled with real-life violence increases the risk of violent behavior so they said that the impact of tv violence may show immediately in the child's behavior or may surface years later and they can be affected even when their home life shows no tendency toward violence however it is not the only cause of aggression or violent behavior it is just part of the equation and they even showed in mri studies looking at the brain where violent programs cause parts of your brain that suppress aggressive behaviors to become less active. But here's the thing, they also found that this violence was also one out of six factors that could lead to aggressive behavior. Now does that mean that by watching a movie like Scream or playing games like Call of Duty are going to ensure that you're going to go up and shoot up a school? Probably not because it's again one of six. There's a lot of other things that go into this and frankly at the end of the day when it comes to violence in these types of things it ends up being kind of a parenting thing. Now I'm not a parent in any way but there are things that certain people of certain ages shouldn't have exposure to and if they do they need to learn about it they need to be talked to about it and that's kind of the whole thing I'm not trying to advocate to showing a 10 year old this movie but at the end of the day, if they accidentally see it, they have to be able to understand that it is a fictional portrayal of violence. What's happening in these movies and TV shows is not real. And that there's also the idea of detachment and also desensitization. Obviously with a lot of violent films, people become desensitized to the level of violence. And that's why we have extremely violent movies such as John Wick and also a lot of Tarantino movies but those movies are fictional. And that's the detachment. You have to understand when you watch these movies that they are fictional. Now, I'm not trying to say that even if a 10 year old wanted to watch a movie like this, I'm going to say, yeah, let them do it as long as they know it's fictional. No, like no intelligent person would advocate that. But at the end of the day, it has to deal with the parenting. And while I don't have all the answers, and again, researchers don't have all the answers. So it is a complex issue, but Frankly, that's all we have right now. And until we see more research being done on it, which is going to be very difficult just because of all of the confounding factors that go into this question, it may not ever have an answer. So I guess at the end of the day, the main thing is just being able to talk about it freely and making sure that children who do watch these types of movies at the appropriate time, or if they do watch it at the inappropriate time, that they understand and that it is a fictional portrayal and it's not meant to be applied to the real world. Anyway, sorry for that rant. So today on Rotten Tomatoes, this film has a census of quote horror icon Wes Craven's subversive deconstruction of the genre is sly, witty, and surprisingly effective as a slasher film itself, even it is a little cheeky for some. The score is 78% by 74 critics and 79% after a little under 500,000 audience members. As I said in the last episode, this means that 78% of critics recommend this movie, which very little I have to report it because that's what everyone really knows Metacritic I think gives a little bit more concrete rating in that it gives it a rating after 25 critic reviews of 65 and after 670 audience members it has a score of 88 now I do feel that it may go closer to the 65 than the 88 now is the film More funny or more scary? I'm not honestly sure. The film is fairly ironic, but the violence feels off a lot of the time. The film doesn't seem to know what it really wants to succeed at. The fear that Williamson wanted to portray is there from time to time, but it's not really a fear that's pushed throughout the film the violence is then diffused by the ironic way the film uses it and then tries to comment on it. Either way, I think the movie is fun and enjoyable, though I did roll my eyes a lot. This movie feels really cheesy at times, but I guess that's what it's going for. Would I say watch this movie every year? No, not at all, but maybe once every four or five years. It's not really a film for me. I do see why people enjoy it. Now, this is the only Scream movie that I have seen. I have not seen any of the other ones, and frankly, I have no inclination to see them after this. Now, what is your favorite Scream movie? And if you recommend one for me to watch, let me know. Then what is your favorite slasher movie and did you enjoy the Halloween episode I will be doing some more this coming month so look out for those episodes coming soon let me know hit me up on social media if you want to join me on talking about these movies feel free to reach out on social media the formal review is on Facebook Twitter and the gram I post many things including trailer reactions so go check those out the handle is all the same it's at the formal review feel free to also check out backseat where I work with a big team to put out movie reviews and also editorials again that's backseat Directors.com. Please also subscribe to the former review. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're now on Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. Honestly, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, we have our content there also i'm always wanting to grow and improve so please leave a review and what you want to hear because i really do this for you all i see the numbers and i really appreciate everyone supporting me and talking to me about movies because frankly that's what it's all about and for anyone who has supported me on a financial basis thank you again and if you want to help support on a financial basis please go to anchor.fm forward slash the minus sign formal minus sign review and click support this podcast and honestly any donation is appreciated thank you all again for tuning in and until next time wear your mask wash your hands stay safe and take care everyone thanks for tuning in to another episode of the former review cheers and we'll see you next time